Good morning. Good to see you all here this morning. Looks like just about everybody got the memo that we're meeting early, so that is great. Um, so I greet you in the name uh, of the, our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So some things that are going on in the life of the church. Um, we do have a worship survey that is out there um, for anybody that would like to take part in that. It's online. Um, we do have, uh, we can get some printed out sheets. So if anybody does need a printed out sheet, uh, let me know and I can get those to you. Um, so we can put it all together online and it just makes it easier for us to look at all the numbers and uh, all the comments. So, But we would really like you to be able to take that. So please... Um, Please do that if you have not already. Uh, we have a lay leadership meeting uh, tomorrow, May 24th at 6.30. Uh, we're going to do another admin council on June 3rd. That's going to be uh, a Thursday, uh, right after Memorial Day weekend, um, so that we can look at the, the survey results. So you have until then to get those surveys done if you have not already done it. Um, we do still have the prayer labyrinth on the basketball court, uh, and for now we're going to meet uh, here in the arbor for worship at 9 o'clock. Uh, if you open your bulletin, you'll see we are two-sided this uh, today. Uh, we have the song, uh, the verses for the songs on the inside, and we also have our latest prayer list uh, for those uh, who would like that list. Uh, I have not yet put it online on the Facebook group, uh, but I will do that this afternoon, um, so be aware of that also. Uh, are there any other announcements this morning? Sorry, my pen was still got the tip on it. All right, well, seeing none this morning, let us begin our time together with prayer. So let us pray. Wind of God, present since before creation, fall on us now. Whisper to us, shout to us, comfort and guide us. Alight on us anew and revive our spirits to love and serve. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning is Spirit of the Living God. If you are comfortable with singing, you are welcome to. That's why we have the lyrics inside. So let us prepare our hearts.
Amen. We now take time to lift up our joys and concerns so that we can pray with and for one another and celebrate with one another. So what joys and concerns do we have to bring this morning? Well, it is a blessing to have y'all back. We are glad to see you here. Uh, glad y'all are both doing better in health. Uh, we are thankful for that uh, and prayers for the loss of that friend. So. Yes, yes, it is good to see the crowd growing. Amen for that. Others this morning. Well, let us take our prayers to the Lord this morning. So let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we again come to you this morning from your beautiful creation. We are thankful for the beautiful sunshine we have. We are thankful for the birds that we can hear. We're thankful for the bushes and the flowers that are blooming and thriving in this beautiful creation of yours. Lord, as we have come to gather once again in worship, in praise of you, we come with heavy hearts, with joyful hearts, with worries of the world. Lord, we have so many names that are on our prayer list. And we have so many more that are on our hearts and minds. And Lord, we are thankful for new friends. We are thankful for returning friends and family. We are thankful we get to see one another again. And not just our eyes above a mask. Lord, we are just so thankful that we can bring our prayers to you, that we can bring our request of healing, bring our request of just not knowing and wanting to know more. So Lord, as we have gathered this morning to praise you, to sing praises, to hear your word in the scriptures and to receive your word through the message. Lord, we join together with the disciples who have gone before us, with the saints and the sinners who are still walking this earth. We join the unending prayer that you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <clears throat> 
As we continue this morning, we are doing our psalm as a responsive reading. And our Psalter lesson this morning comes from Psalm 104, verses 24 through 35. So let us responsive read this morning. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there. Living things, both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan, whom you formed to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. They die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles. Who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to the Lord in whom I rejoice. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are always continually grateful for the support that we, uh, that this community has given, given to this church, to this community of faith. So as we rejoice in the offerings, the gifts, and the tithes that are given, let, us, let me offer this prayer for those gifts this morning. Let us pray. When we do not know how to pray... Your Holy Spirit prays for us in sighs too deep for words. Hear our prayers for goodness in the world and receive these gifts that they may help answer the Holy Spirit's hope for all creation. Amen. Our text for today, we actually have two. And they're not the shortest text in the world, but I think they are the better two texts for today, especially since it is Pentecost Sunday. And Acts is the only really true version in the Bible that talks about actually having the Holy Spirit come down on Pentecost. So we're going to begin with John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27, and we're going to go through 16, uh, verse 15. I'm actually going to read from 26 through 27 all the way through 15. So I'm going to include 1 through 4a that they do not. So it says, When the companion comes, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You will testify too because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said these things to you so that you won't fall away. They will expel you from the synagogue. The time is coming when those who, will, who kill you will think that they are doing a service to God. They will do these things because they don't know the Father or me. 
But I have said these things to you so that when their time comes, you will remember that I have told you about them. I don't say these things to you from the beginning because it was with you. But now I go away to the one who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Yet because I have said these things to you, you are filled with sorrow. I assume that it is better for you that I go away. If I don't go away, the companion won't come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will show the world it was wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. He will show the world that it was wrong about sin because they don't believe in me. He will show the world it was wrong about righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you won't see me anymore. He will show the world it was wrong about judgment because this world's ruler stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, but you can't handle it now. However, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He won't speak on his own, but will say whatever he hears and will proclaim to you what is to come. He will glorify me. Because he will take what is mine and proclaim it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That's why I said that the Spirit takes what is mine and will proclaim it to you. And then the story of Pentecost in Acts 2 verses 1 through 21. When Pentecost day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were manifested because everyone heard, they were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans? Every one of them. How can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Imlamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Figra, and Thamilifila, Egypt, and the regions of Libya bordering Cyrene, the visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. There they were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each of them, what does this mean? Others jeered at them, saying they're full of new wine. Peter stood with the other eleven apostles. He raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem, know this. Listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect after all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. 
In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs of the, on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful to be gathered this morning. Lord, on this morning of Pentecost, as we celebrate the birth of your church, as we celebrate the Holy Spirit coming down upon those that were gathered, Lord, we ask for your Spirit to be with us, to speak to us, to just land upon us, this morning and remind us the stories of Jesus and whisper in our ears the peace that only we can know in Christ. So Lord, may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So like I said, it's Pentecost Sunday. But do we really know what Pentecost is? Well, I went and looked it up because, you know, I don't remember every little detail of, about Pentecost. And I looked this up, and, and this is what the Ask, the UMC, says about Pentecost. It says the word Pentecost comes from a Greek word meaning 50th. The Jewish festival of Pentecost called Shavuot, meaning weeks in Hebrew, falls on the 50th day after the original Passover. It is said on that day God gave the Torah to Moses on Mount Sinai. The Christian festival of Pentecost falls on the 50th day after the resurrection of Jesus. Pentecost for Christians culminates the celebration and work of the church begun on Easter Day. In early Christianity, Easter Day was the primary day for baptisms. And the newly baptized were then trained in basic Christian doctrine, including the meaning of the sacraments they had now experienced, as they prepared to take up their ministries in the life of the church. So Pentecost is seen as a high holy day. And part of that is because we remember the gift of the Holy Spirit on this day. Now, if you can remember back seven weeks ago was Easter. Eight weeks ago was Easter. And before that, we had our Lenten season. And during Lent, we talk about Jesus and all he does before he goes into Jerusalem. Well, the John text today is all the way back there. It's the night before he is arrested. So we take a jump back today in the gospel to talk about what Jesus is telling the disciples. 
See, Jesus and the disciples are gathered together in the upper room celebrating Passover. Now, we don't know for sure if Judas was here at this point, but he had these councils, these people that he held dear to him, that he chose to be the ones to, to continue in his ministry when he was gone. He had these people gathered together, eating at the table, celebrating So we're before Easter once again in the, in the gospel. But Acts is after that. Acts is the, what they call the second book of Luke. Acts is said to be written by the same author that wrote the gospel of Luke, Luke himself. So I want to begin in John and shift to Acts because in John we have the promise and in Acts, we have the receiving of that promise. So John tells us that the advocate, the companion, is going to be given to the disciples. The promise of the Spirit arises within the context of the collusion of the love of God for the world and the hatred of the world for the love of God. The love of God for the world is first of all present and revealed in Christ, the only Son of God. And by abiding in God's love for Christ and Christ's love for them, the disciples will also share in the world's hatred of Christ, which is ironically the world's hatred of love. Precisely because they believe in Christ and abide in the love of God, the world will hate them. Because they no longer love what the world loves, and thus no longer belong to the world. Thus the love of God for the world is viewed by the world as an attack on itself, on the things that the world values the most. Because the disciples belong to Christ, they will be seen as part of the same attack on the world and will be hated accordingly. So the first question this morning is how much does the world hate you? And hate is a strong word. I don't like to use it. Because it, it denotes a strong feeling about someone. But here, I think it is appropriate. Because we can't both love and hate. We can't both love and not love. So is our love of God and one another seen as a threat to the world? That's the first question. Now Jesus knew how the world would treat the disciples when he was gone. He knew how the world was going to react to what the disciples were saying and the generations after. So Jesus promised an advocate, a companion that would come when he was gone. 
See, the, the Spirit reminds and continues to teach the love of God. The same thing that Jesus did while He walked this earth, it continues to teach what Jesus said and what Jesus is still saying. And as much as Pentecost is about the love of God, it is also about human loss. The disciples are losing their beloved Jesus. And it has to happen this way. Jesus tells them that I have to leave in order for the companion to come. And in John's gospel, the essence of love is to be connected to and share deeply in the presence and the work of Jesus. And in this farewell discourse of Jesus, we see him dealing with the disciples' love and sorrow at his impending departure. Jesus, anticipating the grief they would inevitably feel, prepares the disciple for his return to the Father. Although it is time for him to leave them physically, he will continue to be with them spiritually through the presence of the Holy Spirit. The one that he sends, the paraclete, the advocate, the helper, the comforter, the companion will be there. So as much as Pentecost is about the love of God, it's about grief and loss. Now we don't understand the loss of our Savior, of our Lord, of the one who physically was there with us. But each of us have suffered loss and grief in some way, shape, or form. And the Holy Spirit has been there in each and every one of those. So John tells us about the Helper coming. The other Gospels actually give the Spirit to the disciples just after the resurrection. But Acts, Acts, the second book of Luke, actually tells us that on the day of Pentecost, on this festival of weeks, is when the Spirit is actually given. And this gives us a little bit of insight into what the church should and should not look like. You see, the story of Pentecost is not meant to be a benchmark of what the church should look like on any given Sunday. Rather, it seeks to communicate how important the church is and how inseparable it is from Christ. And every year, on this day of Pentecost, we are reminded of who we are as a church, of what we, we proclaim and the source of that proclamation. It is a message to the church, from the church, passed down through millennia to each generation. You see, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the church receives the authority to proclaim the gospel of the risen Christ. The gospel is intended for everyone, 
Repentance and forgiveness are offered to all who call on the name of the Lord. The heavens open up. Something new and surprising is afoot. And in Acts, the work of the Holy Spirit is to call individuals into community as the body of Christ. Pentecost emphasizes the centrality of Christ to the church's identity, authority, and proclamation. It reminds us that even though all our faith practices are rooted in our local context, the church's identity extends beyond every congregation, denomination, and cultural tradition. The book of Acts testifies to the filling of the Holy Spirit as an ongoing gift, not just a one-time event. And the church is constantly changing according to the Spirit's leading. Pentecost also reminds us that such change is rarely easy or harmonious. Pentecost challenges churches to live into the promise that Christ is present and alive in the midst of change. Do you hear what that said? The church is constantly changing according to the Spirit's leading. And it is rarely easy or harmonious. It is rarely easy or harmonious. So what is the Spirit saying to the church? What change is the Spirit leading the church to? That is the question that we must pray over and sit and listen for the Spirit's guidance. From the very beginning, Christ calls individuals into community as the church. And Pentecost sums up the gospel with simplicity and audacity. Jesus Christ offers salvation to all, and the church exists to proclaim it. That's another question. How are we living into the promise of Pentecost? How are we proclaiming the good news? Pentecost offers more questions than answers. But isn't that the way Jesus worked? Every time Jesus was asked a question, he turned right around and asked one back and made those that asked think about what they were asking. The Spirit is leading towards change, and that change will result in the world's hatred towards us, 
the believers, the Christ followers, because we no longer love the world. You know, I had said that love is in the midst of everything. Love is of God. Love is Christ. Love is the disciples. Love is everything. Because Jesus told us it is. He said to love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, body. That's the first commandment he gave. And the second is just like it. To love your neighbor as yourselves. And that as yourselves is the way that God loves you. So on this Pentecost day, this day that the Spirit came down, let us embrace the love that encompasses us. Let's quit trying to control and contain the fire of the Spirit. Because we know it can't be. Because the Spirit is everywhere and is doing the work whether we are involved or not. Love, 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 love. God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Amen. So our song of invitation today is Set a Fire. Now this is typically a praise and worship song. This is one of those songs that I sometimes have trouble with. Because it's the same words over and over and over again. But as I studied this week and prayed, this song spoke to me because it is just a repetition. And the reason it spoke to me is because it gives a chance as you speak these words, as you sing these words, as you hear these words, to let it not only go to your ears and to your head, but let it go all the way to your heart and speak the way the Spirit spoke on that day of Pentecost. So it's going to sound very repetitive, but I invite you this morning, as the song continues, to let the words sink to your heart and let that fire engulf your soul. So let us sing this morning.
place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain. And I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more.
No place I would rather be than here in your love. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. Receive now this benediction as we depart this day to go out into the world and proclaim the good news of the risen Christ. May the Spirit of God sent forth to create stir in your hearts and minds and souls a vision of new creation. So go, Spirit-filled people, go. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Amen. Thank you.